Hey, I'm Steve Fallon. Thanks for listening. This time, let's find out what it's like being freelance for illustrator Holly Exley. Being freelance is quite daunting, especially in illustration. There's not really a need for a team of people, so you often are working alone. One of my favourite things about freelance is that I can decide how every day looks, fit my work around my life rather than the other way around. So yeah, there's Holly, who I've been looking forward to speaking to for a while. Uh, I came across her originally on YouTube, you know, like one of those YouTube suggested in the sidebar type things based on watching other freelancers. And I really enjoyed her videos. Like she does this weekly vlog, which is fun. It's calming. It's really honest. It's a mixture of work and life. I love to see. Anyway, I'll put links to everything Holly is up to at beingfreelance.com as I do for all of the guests so you can check out her videos and while you're on youtube it would be great if you think about giving my vlog there a whirl as well there where i film what i'm up to as a freelancer and by the way thanks so much for all of your comments on the vlog i really appreciate it uh, and if you love clicking subscribe buttons if that's how you get your thrills you've got the chance to do it on the podcast the vlog and the newsletter so knock yourself out right now though let's crack on and chat to freelance illustrator holly exley hey holly hi steve whereabouts are you based by the way um i'm in derbyshire i've lived here for about a year now nice because I, I read somewhere that you were in london and yet whenever i've seen your videos and stuff i think that does that doesn't look like london yeah i'm awful i really need to update all this because <laughs> i've moved around quite a lot so different Social media platforms say different things. I need to update it all. That's all right. You're like Jason Bourne. You're just keeping them on their toes. <laughs> That's true. That's what it is. Well, how about we get started as ever, finding out how you got started being freelance? Okay. Um, so I graduated in 2010. Um, I did a course in illustration. And then for the next two years, I was just working full time as a waitress and just trying to save a bit of money and pay off student debts and that sort of thing. And then early 2013 it was, I started to notice that I was getting more illustration jobs. And by April, I was able to quit my job as a waitress and became full-time freelance. Awesome. So while that whole time, you know, the couple of years that you were waitressing, you were doing mm -hmm. illustration on the side? Yeah, I was mostly just doing self-initiated stuff, just trying to build up my portfolio and I was working with a few small clients, like a few small independent businesses and just doing pet portraits and working with small galleries and that sort of thing. So it was nothing major for a long time. So how how did you build up to it? How did you get yourself known enough that the work was there? Mm, it was it's a bit mysterious, really. I'm not really sure how it happened. It, it happened quite suddenly. I think it was a combination of putting my work out there a lot on the internet, like blogging a lot and uploading a lot of my work online and reaching out to publications like magazines that I really wanted to work with. And eventually it started paying off. And once you get your first couple of jobs, it, it kind of snowballs from there. So when you were reaching out to magazines, would you send them, you know, like work relating to them? Like, I guess, how specific were you relating it to them? Um, I think pretty specific. I really wanted to get into food illustration, so I was mostly contacting magazines that I really enjoyed reading anyway, that had a lot of food and recipes in them. Yeah, so I was mostly just trying to focus on work that I'd really enjoy doing. 
did you get feedback from them or was it like a wall of silence until somebody went, oh, actually, I, <laughs> I, was, I could do with a watercolour asparagus <laughs> or whatever it might have been? It was definitely a wall of silence. It was very unusual to get an email back. So I guess they were just putting my work on file and then contacted me when something came up. But yeah, it wasn't, I didn't really get much of a response. And how did that feel? Like, did you feel like, uh, should I even bother? <laughs> Um, it felt awful, actually. I think my first couple of years after uni were a big shock and it was quite stressful kind of working full time as a waitress, which I hated, and then also facing quite a lot of rejection and a bit of worry. But um, looking back, I'm glad that I went through all that because I really appreciate the job I have now. <laughs> and at what point then would you say that you had that confidence to hang up the apron? Um, I'm presuming you had an apron. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm really glad I don't have to wear that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it was just when I got to the point where I couldn't really cope anymore. Like um, I was working quite long shifts as a waitress, and then I'd get home about one in the morning and have to do some work for the next day, um, illustration work, and it was all just becoming really hectic. So. I just saved up a couple of months worth of rent just in case and then quit and hoped for the best. Wow. So when you did quit, I mean, that's it's a huge thing. Did you already have work lined up or were you mm. like, I, I just, I've got the faith now that it's going to come? I can't quite remember. I know I had a couple of um, monthly like reoccurring editorial jobs and that was a real safety net for me I felt like at least I had that every month coming in but I can't really remember what I was working on at the time it's quite a while ago so as as you then started to grow it mm. how how did that happen was it just the same I'm putting work out on whatever sites it might have been or blogging or or were you still pitching you know like uh, or getting out there and meeting people I don't know I think it's mostly social media that's really helped my career grow and carry on I'm not the best at reaching out and contacting people um, I need to get better at that in future but yeah I think it was just putting my work out there online that really helped and I think most of my clients that I've asked have said they've found my work through a Google search so I must be doing something right in terms of SEO on my blog and, and website so yeah and would you say that because you mentioned food illustration mm. like is that mainly what the work was at the time like is that what you were putting up and you know so if I was to google at the time um illustrator food was that the sort of thing you were putting out there I think yeah I think it was I had a series of food illustrations that seemed to get a bit of traction online like a lot of people were reposting it on different blogs which was really helpful I used Behance as well I don't know if you've heard of it it's like a mm. portfolio site it's really good for artists and illustrators so using that I think helped get the word out about my work and I guess was that I don't know I can't remember when Instagram kicked in for example mm. uh, when yeah would, would that have factored in for you or would that have come later I guess I, yeah, I can't remember. I can't. I can't remember a time before Instagram now. <laughs> so um, it must have helped. Yeah, I got on the Instagram boat pretty soon after it. It became a popular app. So yeah, it must. It, that must have helped as well. And when you're posting stuff out to these blogs or these sites, is it a case of like I don't know, posting once a week, posting once a day? Do you then have to interact with people? Like, what's the? Yeah, I think 
they always say consistency is key and I'm not the best at that but I am online every day so whenever I have I have new work I'm quite quick to upload it and do you show like work in progress yeah instagram's really good for that because they have the stories part of the app where you can record little bits of video and stuff so i'm always showing work in progress and when did you get into youtube um i think i've had my channel now for about a little over two years now but i've not been very consistent with it until this year where i try and upload a weekly video now so um, I still consider myself quite new to it. You seem to be doing very well. <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> oh, thank you. With it, I love your videos. Um, to, like for people who haven't seen them, what what sort of thing do you put out on there? Well, my main my main aim with it is just to show behind the scenes of being an illustrator, what a kind of day in the life of an illustrator would be like. So usually I post a weekly vlog which will usually be a Friday in my studio and I'll just talk about what I'm working on that day and um, show any paintings in progress so it's, it's quite casual I'd say and then I do the odd video where I try and give some advice for new artists and illustrators. Yeah and it feels like I was looking at your uh, channel and it feels like those you know like those tip videos Mm. A really like that's the sort of thing that people might search for, for example, and yeah. then they find you, and then they start watching your other things. I don't. Yeah, I think that's a really important part of YouTube is you do kind of have to tick certain boxes and make make a certain type of video, and then and then you can make the fun videos on the side. Yeah, I've gone wrong. I've gone straight into the fun ones. That's where I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's hard because it, it. Yeah, I think making advice videos is something that I'm not 100% comfortable with because I still feel like I'm learning. I pref- the, my favourite videos to make are definitely just really casual vlog style videos. But even those, like to, to be consistent, you know, to do one a week, uh, mm. how have you found getting in that rhythm? Because, you know, putting together a video can be quite a lot of work. Yeah, it is. And I'm a really slow video editor as well. So it, it definitely takes a long time. Um, I don't know. I just really enjoy it. I I think it's um, a really good outlet for me, and it's a really good way of like building an audience that um, you can really properly interact with because they know about your life and they see all your work in progress. And can you directly see like a, a change that that has made to your business, for example? Yeah, I think going forward it will probably become more important because I've kind of. I'm starting to change my business a little bit. I would like to not be so reliant on client work and maybe have some of my own illustrated goods and things in my online shop that I can also get generate an income from. And I think my YouTube really helps with that because they get to see the products being made and they get to understand why I'm making them. And they're kind of more, my audience is a little bit more invested in the art, the artwork that I'm doing. So I think, yeah... I think sharing on YouTube is really going to help my business going forward. I hope, anyway. Yeah, no, it's cool. But but also, you mentioned there the community kind of element as well. So beyond business, there's more to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a lot of people talk about illustration being quite lonely and isolating. So to have people that I can talk to online is really important. And I think a lot of 
people that I've met through YouTube are very similar to me and that's really encouraging and nice and I yeah I really like the community of YouTube in general you you're very um on, on there you're very open I guess like mm-hmm. you kind of like lay it all out there um <laughs> and but I'm I'm wondering how that felt like when you started doing that or did, did it just feel like no nah, this like the most natural thing in the world like to show the good and the bad not the bad that's the wrong word but you know mm. what I mean the rough and the smooth yeah I know what you mean um but I think that's just that's the type of content I like watching the most myself like I really appreciate when someone's really honest online about maybe things aren't going so great in their life so I wanted to be that kind of person as well um it's definitely really scary because I have had Obviously, not all of the interactions I have are 100% positive. I do get a bit of criticism every now and again, but I think it's worth it just to be honest and real. Yeah, man, why do I have to be... <laughs> people have to be negative. Gee. I know. I think YouTube is a, is a little bit like that um, because you are exposing your life to people and they can sit back and, and judge what you're doing. But I'm I'm very lucky. I mostly have lovely comments. Yeah, and... What what would you say have been like the more challenging aspects? I mean, you mentioned loneliness, but the challenging aspects of being freelance for you? Um, yeah, I would say it is mostly mental health related for me. Um, I think being freelance is quite daunting, especially in illustration. There's not really a need for a team of people, so you often are working alone and long hours as well so I'm having to be quite strict with myself to make sure I get out of the house and even if it's just to go for a coffee in town or something that really helps um yeah I'd say that's the biggest challenge I face and how about like managing your your day I guess Mm -hmm. like because okay you might vlog vlog the Friday what what what's the rest of it look like how yeah how, how do you manage your time um I think that's one of my favourite things about freelance is that I can decide how every day looks. I'm not really someone who loves routine that much, so I kind of just wake up every day and I might have a list of things I need to get done, but I can order them the way I want to. If I want to have a slow morning, if I'm feeling a bit sleepy, then I will. And if I need to get out of the house for the afternoon, I can. I, I really enjoy being able to fit my work around my life rather than the other way around nice yeah and you're good at listening to your i know your inner self to to figure out what to do yeah i think that's something that i've got a lot better at this year is not just being a workhorse and really appreciating having like an evening off or something like that because i think when I was just starting out in freelance, I really believed that I needed to be working all the time, constantly, and that was the only way I the only way I deserved to be in the industry. But now I really appreciate having time off and just being nicer to myself. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, so would you say like three? Um, what was it? Twenty thirteen. So like for three mm. years that you'd been two or three years, maybe you'd been working solidly then. Mm. Yeah, and working weekends and evenings. And um, I don't regret doing that because it really did help boost my career and I gained a lot of experience and new clients. But it's really not sustainable to do that 
long term, I don't think. So I'm, I'm glad I did it whilst I was young, but now I'm nearly 30. So I, I'm looking to change my business so that I can enjoy life as well. Mm. That there is the whole work-life balance thing, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So you're you're edging more towards towards a life because I think I, I was I watched one of your videos where you had your holiday but you were kind mm. of like man I haven't had a holiday for like years yeah for a couple of years yeah it was a odd experience um to have some time off and not not have a to-do list so yeah and did you properly manage to like strip yourself away from it because I'm I'm the mug mm. who packs up his iMac and takes it with him so you know <laughs> That's naughty. Yeah, I, yeah. Need, I need to. I know I'm going to get a laptop, so it's, at least it's smaller. Um. <laughs> um, yeah, I I was strict with myself, and I didn't go on social media for like the first five days of my holiday, which was really hard. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just associate social media too much with work, so it was nice to just take a break, not not pick up my phone. Yeah, probably get out of there. Mm. Um, yeah. And how do you cope with uh, like going back to like managing your day and your week? And it's great having the flexibility of of being freelance, but equally mm. you, you're gonna have those deadlines. Um, yeah. So yeah, just, just wondering how you manage the end clients and uh, and your time that way. Yeah, it can be really hard to predict. That's something that I really stress about: is taking on work and then other work will come along that I also want to take on but maybe there's not quite enough time so that's definitely hard to juggle but yeah if I'm if I'm working on something really intensely and I'm not able to take evenings off or weekends off I will make sure after the project is handed in that I'll take maybe like half a week off or something just to regroup just to linger on work-life balance mm-hmm. as well. So your boyfriend features in your videos and your dog. Mm-hmm. Dogs? Well, no, sometimes I see two, but I... Yeah, I do have two. Yeah, yeah. okay. I think they keep me sane, definitely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're definitely a really good company if I'm working really long hours. Just to have them, the, the dogs, I mean, with me is really nice and they get me out of the house. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what I'd do without them, really. How long have you had them? Um... We've got a greyhound that we've had for a year and I've got a pug as well and I've had him for three and a bit years. So, yeah, they're a big part of our lives, I'd say. So you did start off being freelance without them? Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's quite sad, isn't it? (laughs) I think pets and freelance go hand in hand, really. (laughs) Was there a point where you thought, do you know what, I need some company or like people have life goals don't they they want to get married or own a house but for me I just always wanted to have a dog <laughs> so <laughs> when I finally realized I had enough security to get one it was a it was a great day yeah I, I quite fancy one but don't don't tell the cat that's the only trouble <laughs> um brilliant now I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself make two true and one a lie okay let me figure out the lie so what have you got for me Okay, so I thought, because it's Halloween today, on the day we're recording, that I would do some Halloween-themed facts. Good! (laughs) Okay, the first one is, one Halloween I dressed up as cotton wool because my sister has a phobia of it and I really wanted to scare her. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, The second one is that my hometown has a building in it that is said to be one of the most haunted in the country and even the world. Okay, yeah. and number 
Um, I've never been trick-or-treating. Hmm. Now, here's the thing, though. Trick-or-treating. You said you were nearly 30. Mm-hmm. Because I was saying this to my kids the other day, but I never went trick-or-treating until I went trick-or-treating with them. I never went when I was a kid because I'm 38. When did trick-or-treating really kick in in this country? Haunted building. Have you ever mm-hmm. been to that haunted building? I've just walked beside it. I've never been in. It's it's um, an old pub, but um, when I lived in the village, I don't think it was open to the public, and it's owned by quite a strange man. So, <laughs> and what do people say about this this most haunted building? It's right by a road, and they say you can see figures running across the road, but then there's no one there. Um, and they've also had a couple of film crews for different ghost TV shows filming inside the building as well. Oh, that was good detail. That makes me think it's true. And yet I really want to believe the fact that you dressed up as cotton wool just to freak your I'm scared of cotton wool sister. That's such a great sister. Is it a younger sister? Yeah, younger. Such a thing that a sister would do. How old were you when you did that? Um, <laughs> 25. I think I, <laughs> I, think I was um, mid-teens, maybe like 13 or 14. Mid-teens. Okay, so you were dressing as Halloween. The thing is, did you then also go trick-or-treating? Because I think the haunted building is probably true. I'm going to say that you've never been trick-or-treating. Nope, that's, that's true. I've never been trick-or-treating. <sighs> <laughs> the lie is that I dressed up as cotton wool. You're kidding! That was <laughs> such a good idea! Oh. I know. <laughs> That's such a sister thing to do. Well done. Um, (laughs) If you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Um, I think it would be not to be so hard on myself because I've got into a bit of a pattern of negative thinking and it's really hard to break. And I'm only recently kind of learning not to be so negative. So I'd probably tell myself not to be so hard on myself and that it's all going to work out. When you say that about negative thinking... And, mm. you know, you talk, mentioned being anxious and stuff earlier. Mm-hmm. What, yeah, what is it? Like, as in you don't think it's going to work out or like what kind of thing is it? If it's a... I think it's just the classic artist self-doubt. Um, I think a lot of people suffer from it. And being online a lot, you're able to compare your work to other artists a lot. And before you know it, you're thinking that you're never going to be as good as them and that you should just quit. And it's just a very quick downward spiral. And how have you picked yourself back out of that spiral or stopped yourself tumbling into it? Yeah, it's basically just stopping myself from having those thoughts. And that's the only way I've found of of coping, really. And I think just time and age, you realise that it's just a waste of time to be comparing yourself and worrying so much. Yeah, very true. And do you, do you have, like, you mentioned, like, the online community. Mm. Like, do you have, I'm sure you have many friends, but, <laughs> but, but friends, but there's a difference. There's, like, friends who maybe are freelance or self-employed or are illustrators. You know, like, there's a difference. I think, yeah, yeah, I think I'm a little bit lacking in that department. Um, it's definitely something I want to work on. I've been trying to get more involved in going to illustration fairs and that sort of thing because that's a really good way of meeting other illustrators because we're often just locked away in our houses working. So um, that's my plan for next year as well, to 
be more involved in illustration fairs and sell my work that way and hopefully meet some more freelance people that way. Mm. Yeah, because you mentioned like, you know, building up your online shop uh, mm. earlier. Like, are you so- someone who sets goals, thinks about, you know, like this year you've been a lot more into YouTube. Was that a concerted effort or was it just you you see how things pan out? Yeah, I'm trying to um, make sure that I carry on enjoying my job because I do think it's, well, I hope it's going to be something that I do for the rest of my life. So if I'm enjoying something like making videos, then I try and do that often. And lately I've really been enjoying designing new illustrated products and things. So I'm just focusing on that and um, seeing where that takes me really. And how have you coped with the business side of being freelance? Um, that's something that I'm not that confident in. So in terms of finances, like I, I have an accountant, so I'm really happy to just pass off all that responsibility to him. And hmm, yeah, I'm quite, I'm quite good with money, which really helps. I don't really spend very much. So that, that's a really good thing that I do for my business. <laughs> it's quite, quite scrimpy. When you've moved around, when you've moved from London, so, um, for people around the world Derbyshire is oh god like good 300 400 it's a it's a long way north um it feels it feels a long way from London yeah (laughs) must be must be like four or five hours in a car anyway um, yeah knowing the way British roads are beautiful rural setting but how what impact did that have if anything on be it work or life um I don't think it's had too much of an impact on work I think I'm happier here definitely um I've got my own studio for the first time in my life before moving here I always worked out of my bedroom which got quite claustrophobic in the end so now I have a top floor in the house which is dedicated to work which is really good because at the end of a work day I can just come downstairs and kind of it really helps me to switch off more and yeah having the countryside on my doorstep is really nice as well yeah that's interesting yeah so so the studio is still within the same place but it feels like it's separating it out yeah, I, I I really love that I can just come downstairs and know that my work day is over, even though I might I might go back upstairs later on just to check emails or something. But yeah, it helps me be stricter with my work day. Nice. I say mm. as I sit here at the dining table. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Holly, it's been so lovely to speak to you. Check out beingfreelance.com where we'll put links, of course, uh, through to Holly's Instagram and the YouTube videos, which I hugely recommend. Check out the shop as well, which is going to get more stuff in it by the sounds of it over the next yeah. uh, over the next few weeks, which is all linked at beingfreelance.com. While you're there, check out over a hundred other guests which are on there remember it doesn't matter what they do for a living it's all about the being freelance and check out my humble vlog as well i need to i've made a mental note go make tip videos <laughs> get a cute dog because the, the, the cat just glares at the camera your dog's much better so i don't care if she hears me say it um yeah so ch- check it all out beingfreelance.com holly thank you so much and all the best being freelance thank you steve it's really nice to speak to you so there's Holly. How nice was she? If you've not subscribed to Being Freelance, you could have missed out on loads of great guests, just like these. I've actually just had to up my day rate. My accountant pointed out, he was like, you do realise you've kept your day rate the same for six years. I was like, whoa, okay. The hardest part about going freelance and being a creative is you start to realise you have to do a lot more being a business person 
and being creative. It's kind of strange how freelance is its own career almost. I feel like I've started a new career, even though I'm doing the same type of thing that I have always been doing, I feel like I'm starting over. If you're just one person freelancing, I think clients prefer to see your face, to know about you, rather than this facade of sort of a one-man agency. I've always prided myself in doing everything by myself, but I've come to real heights now when I'm approaching 30 that it's actually kind of more fun to work with other people as opposed to doing everything by yourself. There's no work-life balance. <laughs> I work all the time and my work is my life, but it sounds really workaholic but uh, that's the way I am. It's always something that's sort of talked about with business owners that you work every hour God sends and that's the only way that you can be successful and if that's the only way that you can be successful then I don't I don't really want to be successful. <laughs> I'd much rather sort of set my own goals whatever they are and work towards them and still have time with my children. Remember, it's not about their specific jobs, it's about the actual being freelance, because you're not alone in this, it turns out. OK, I'm off to find a Danish pastry to chat to. You have a great week being freelance.